uh, this is an incredible opportunity for restaurants to, to do more um, with, with their existing uh, underutilized kitchen. Many restaurants felt the pain of the last two years of declines in foot traffic and having to make all these, these ridiculous uh, infrastructure changes to support the off-premise category, digital ordering, uh, delivery, pickup, all of the, uh, all the categories that happen uh, outside of their four walls. And this is just another way to, uh, to, to increase that um, off-premise demand. And What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at ovationup.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by the one, the only, the famous Alex Cantor. He is a fourth generation restaurateur being raised in the kitchen of the world famous Cantor's Deli in LA. He is the founder and CEO of NextBite, Forbes 30 Under 30, Fast Casual Executives Top 25, Business Insiders, Tech Power Players. This guy is all over the place. You could see him on social media, in the real media, trade shows, speaking. Uh, Alex, thanks for taking some time to join us and give innovation today. Thank you so much for having me. Great to, great to be a part of the show, Zach. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, um, about NextBite. I know that most people are somewhat familiar with Nextbyte, but how do you, how do you explain it at the at the current state? Yeah, so we we've been on uh, quite a journey here. Originally started as Order Mark five years ago, and uh, by the way, Mazel Tov on five years. I saw that you uh, that's fairly recently you guys hit five years, right? Yeah, yeah, we're we're fresh off that five year uh, five year you know founding date, and it's been it's been quite a ride these last five years. It's been a lot of fun, um, but yeah, we. Um, Nextbyte is is has as we've come a long way now, but we're a portfolio of turnkey delivery only restaurant brands, and we partner with any restaurant that has excess capacity in their kitchen, and partner with them to essentially teach them how to make more food out of their kitchen using their same fixed costs. Um, we've got all these exciting new menus that we've launched um, that resonate really well with consumers on delivery apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash. And we create this demand for them and layer an extra 5, 10, 20, 50 extra orders a day out of the back of their kitchen. So it's been this whole um, new, exciting adventure for us, still leveraging that order mark underlying technology that aggregates all those delivery apps together. And that's what allows us to layer these incremental orders on top of these businesses without disrupting their operations. Love that. Now, there's been a lot of discussion around virtual for, for good and for evil. And the question is, why is virtual not a fad? Why, um, why is it going to work? And maybe, you know, kind of a follow-up question to that is what restaurants do they work best for? If someone's listening and, you know, you're like, hey, you would be an ideal customer um, for a virtual brand. What, what does that look like? Yeah, such a good question. So for, first and foremost, we look at the 800,000 restaurants in the U.S., and see this incredible opportunity to do more out of the existing kitchen infrastructure that's already out there. Uh, we believe 90% of restaurant kitchens can make an extra 10, 20 orders a day. Um, there's always slow, day, slow parts of the day, slow days of the week, 
that uh, that these kitchens can just crank out additional output. And, um, and we're specifically designing these concepts to maximize those day parts and to, to really focus on uh, certain, certain areas like our breakfast brands, for example, Huevo Rito, Hatch House, Cracked. Those are, those are designed specifically to light restaurants up with more orders in the morning shift. We've got you know, ch- chicken brands and, and all sorts of stuff that do well uh, for lunch and dinner. And then of course, late night concepts as well. Um, we've got the Wiz Khalifa Stoner brand Hotbox, um, which does really well in uh, in the late night and on college campuses, stuff like that. And you know, I think uh, this is an incredible opportunity for restaurants to to do more um, with with their existing uh, underutilized kitchen. Many restaurants felt the pain of the last two years of declines in foot traffic and having to you know, make all these these ridiculous uh, infrastructure changes to support the off-premise category, digital ordering, uh, delivery, pickup, all of the uh, all the categories that happen uh, outside of their four walls. And this is just another way to uh, to, to, to increase that um, off-premise demand. And I think the word virtual will actually start to, to, to disappear and go away over time. Mm. Um, the same way that uh, you know, you you would never describe an internet brand at this point as like an e-commerce brand or you know virtual brand just because yeah that that stores. online Google company yeah exactly <laughs> um, you know there's a lot of um, companies that started out in a digital only environment Warby Parker Bonobos Nasty Gal Casper all these all these examples of uh, of, the, of these uh, direct to consumer concepts that started market, marketing to, to customers digitally. And of course, some of them went on to open some physical brick and mortar retail. Um, but these are not, you know, these are not virtual brands. These are, these are just brands that, uh, that have figured out how to, how to reach co- consumers where they are at home. And that's exactly what's happening in the restaurant industry right now. Um, people are ordering from their smartphones on Uber Eats or on DoorDash. We're creating all this new content that exists on those platforms. And, uh, and and our, our goal is to uh, to get consumers to drop the virtual word out of their uh, out of their category, out of their uh, vocabulary because I, I think uh, if we can create some really cool exciting concepts that are specifically designed for this new arrival experience and really thoughtful around you know the packaging and the all the things that go into making a, a delivery brand work well. I think uh, I think the connotation of this is a virtual concept or regular concept is going to go away. And I think it's really interesting. You mentioned meeting the customers where they're at, because truly, as the as there's a proliferation of the acceptance of where you eat your food. Right. It's no longer happening in dining rooms. It's happening in living rooms. It's happening in boardrooms. It's happening in bedrooms like Mm -hmm. that's where consumption is taking place. And so we need to realize that what, what is it going to look like with uh, the metaverse? What's it going to look like with AR, VR? And I think it's important to keep those things in mind. And not only that, but work with partners that are actively thinking about those things. Because I understand as you're sitting there making a pizza, you can't be wondering, how, how is the pizza consumed in the metaverse, right? Like, can I do an NFT uh, calzone? But like w- work with people who are thinking about those big things because, uh, you know, Alex, I mean, you worked in a deli. I worked in an ice cream shop. I'm sure you make a great sandwich. I know I make a great milkshake, but like we're not there in the restaurants every day. You know what I mean? 
Um, and I think that's part of the benefit about specializing in, look, you, you do pizza, we'll do tech and let's meet up and make it better. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's an incredible opportunity to, uh, to, to think about the next generation consumers, voice ordering, you know, metaverse, web three applications, um, where people are going to be existing and, and food is always a part of, uh, of that. There's people still got to eat wherever they are. So. Um, I think uh, we're going to see some really crazy stuff flow into to our to our old school industry. It's it's exciting yeah. times ahead. And and those seven hundred calorie all you need pills are like uh, even even when they come out, I don't think that they're going to be uh, very popular. I'm, I'm I'm a huge foodie, so you know that freaks me out. But um, I, I I love dining out. I still love going to restaurants. I love ordering from restaurants online as well. I, I eat a lot of uh, Postmates and DoorDash as well yeah. uh, here in LA. And uh, I know that there are, you know, many people out there who just eat for, for the calories. So there, there's a market for it, I think, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> but, but I think, I think the bottom line of what we're getting at with, um, I guess we'll call them non-virtual concepts uh, that basically there's opportunities to make more money, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it be opening up a new brand, opening up a new day part, uh, you know, selling swag, I think that people are a lot more open to the opportunities. I heard about a restaurant who started selling um, cookbooks before, like with the reservations, they would sell cookbooks and they made $400,000 in a year just by the pre-sale of cookbooks. And so we need to open up our minds to the, to what does it mean to be a restaurant? And just as all of these virtual brands have gone, you know, uh, physical, I think that it's time for physical brands to do a better job of jumping to virtual. And it doesn't matter if you have one or a thousand locations, the opportunity is there for that. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I completely agree with you. I think there are a ton of restaurants that um, we're never set up for anything but an on-premise experience, which makes it even harder for them to take their their menu and convert it to work online. And I think there's a, there's some brands out there like Chipotle and Wingstop that were really designed and optimized for this off-premise environment and experience. So you know, not every restaurant has the luxury of having um, separate entrances for delivery drivers and double mm-hmm. double make lines and all of that uh, all that infrastructure, but. Um, it is it is really hard for 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 um, you know these restaurants that were not designed for that to to evolve their their physical setup and, and layout. And I think there are a ton of incredible opportunities to do more than just service uh, you know the average basket size of your guests. We saw a lot of restaurants get creative um, at the beginning of COVID when restaurants became grocerants, mm-hmm. you know, selling yeah. a dozen eggs or <laughs> um, you know produce and and meal meal kits and all, all this sort of stuff we're seeing a lot of restaurants innovate with um, frozen shipping and distribution through platforms like gold belly and others um, and there's just there's all these channels to um to, to put your brand on and if you're not listed on any of these apps you don't exist to, to the people who use them regularly so it's really more important than ever to have this omni-channel experience where you can reach people through ever you know whatever channels are using we've always been um, a big advocate uh, for restaurants to plug them into as many platforms as possible, even the small delivery providers, um, down to, to to the local players and the catering the catering apps. There's just so many avenues in which you can put your brand and get that exposure, get that reoccurring order behavior. So, 
Totally. And I think that I love that you're, you're talking about, you know, changing up the kitchen structure, because as you're doing that, think about how virtual brands can fit into your kitchen, right? There, there are ways to optimize your kitchen space. One of the uh, Chipotle competitors, I guess you'd call them a, a very large, uh, fast, casual Mexican concept. Um, they have, I was just talking, you know, they're one of our customers and, and I was talking to one of their uh, executives and they're saying that they are new stores have four lines to make burritos on four lines for to go for walk up for drive through and then for um, third party. And so just thinking about that, it's just, you know, how, how do you optimize? I think that's a, that's a really good way to think about it. But w- one thing that we often hear whenever we talk about virtual concepts, speaking of optimizing is labor, right? They're like, oh man, like it sounds nice to make 10% more, but like, I can't even get my staff to do what they do, you know, to do our concept right. Um, what, what do you say to those people that are worried about, you know, either having enough labor or having the labor that they do have be good enough? Yeah, so, such a good question. So we, you know, we're seeing a lot of pain points right now for restaurant operators everywhere. Um, labor shortages, food costs, hike, you know, hikes, all sorts of um, unforeseen uh, market conditions that are that are you know messing with with, with the volatility of, of what's going on on a month to month basis. I mean, I mean, just chicken in, wings alone, right? I mean, you have volatility of it, four it, or five it, x. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, there were there were stats on restaurants in Los Angeles in December of 2021 where foot traffic went down again 40 percent um, with Omicron and just the amount of vol the, the volatility right now is 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 creating this emotional roller coaster for restaurants where you just kind of have to like um, be you're you're in this fluid situation you have to really evolve and adapt to whatever's going on. And I think labor specifically is a really um, challenging one that restaurants are running into. We're having to pay more um, for all, all different positions. We have to you know, implement signing bonuses, think, think differently about the recruiting process. And uh, there is more turnover than ever before. It's, it's the great, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of movement going around. So in light of that, you know, we're seeing many restaurant owners that are excited to layer on incremental revenue, take on some virtual brands. And then when they go to put it into action, um, the brands have to be simple enough that it doesn't require that much incremental prep work and mm-hmm. skews and, and preparation or training um, because it is dis- it, that would become disruptive. We've seen some restaurants try to implement brands that have you know, 40, 40 menu items. And, and that that's too much. It's, it's, it's too much extra training to, in the middle of what's going on right now. So I think the key to a successful virtual brand launch is simplicity. It's taking maybe one particular item, like a grilled cheese sandwich, creating a couple variations of it and putting it on a menu. Something that has low food costs, um, really low prep time. So you don't have to spend you know, 15 minutes making, <laughs> making a grilled cheese sandwich. It's, it's, a, it's a very fast process. And, um, and it's something that you, you know, can carry ingredients of that don't go bad quickly. Um, so, you know, we, we've really been thoughtful around the, the learning management system and training approach that we've taken to get restaurants onboarded to our concepts. We, we send build charts, we have um, robust training programs to make it super, super simple for them to take on these extra orders. We're not trying to, you know, we realize they have their own restaurant to run and that's, that's a lot already. Yeah. So, um, that has to be baked into the design and, and thoughtfulness around the program. 
Love that. Yeah. I mean, I look at Brinker International. One of our advisors is the head of innovation over there. And with Chili's, they came out with the concept, it's just wings. Mm -hmm. And again, to the whole point of simplicity, Chili's was doing that, right? There's nothing new about it, but there's like additional sauces, right? Mm -hmm. And a little bit of a different chicken. But the, the, the concept was, like you said, keep it simple, stuff that they're used to, um, and not, not try to open up a whole new restaurant, but it's, it's a couple skews with a different brand. Yeah. Our, our, one of our most recent launches, uh, or one of our newest brands in the portfolio is Lucky Dragon Fried Rice. Um, it's just a fried rice with two different options of sauces. It's a you know, very straightforward menu. You wouldn't normally see an entire restaurant around fried rice, but it's almost more like a food truck style concept. Yes. Like, yeah, I think that's you know. a great way to think of it, right? We have one of our customers, uh, the virtual ghost truck kitchen or the ghost truck kitchen in uh, Jersey City in Hoboken. And it's like, he it, it, that's the whole concept, right? He's got eight concepts. He's run out of 800 square feet and he's making a killing because again, each one is very specific. And, and uh, he spent a lot of time curating a good dish with a couple of modifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so jumping into things, what what is the most important aspect about guest experience nowadays? Ooh, loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not an easy answer to that, but I would say, you know, like this has been like true from the foundation of, of the beginning of restaurants, but I think um, hospitality is just like such an important component of the guest experience. And um, the, the feeling that you get when you go to a restaurant, you're being served. It's just like, you're a guest, <laughs> like a true mm-hmm. guest and someone's hosting you and guiding you through, through this experience. And it's a lot easier when you're going to a restaurant and you have a waiter and you know people who can recommend stuff for you and, um, you can send something back if, if you're not happy with the way that it is. You can ask questions. And, and I think that um, is, is a, it's hard to, for that to translate in the, in the DoorDash experience and the delivery experience. So um, we're trying to think about new ways for guests to interact with restaurants and you know, be able to ask questions, get recommendations, um, simplify the refund process. All, all of those things matter a lot in any dining experience. And I, I think, um, you know, anyone who's not thinking about that hospitality component in, in their, in their business, it's, it's going to be hard to, uh, to create a sustainable long-term business. So um, I, I will always stick to that. Of course, the food has to be good. That's the ante to play in this space, yeah. it's a very crowded market. So you got to be doing something interesting and, and creative and, you know, something that people want to keep coming back for lifetime value is so important in this, uh, in this restaurant world, over over 25% of your revenue comes from just your top 5% of customers. Um, so you wanna you wanna build that repeatable business, get people coming back weekly, monthly, you know, every year on their birthday, et cetera. And um, finding more ways to implement that into the experience, I think is uh, super important right now. Love that. You're not gonna hear me arguing about guest <laughs> communication and retention. Um, what are some successful things that you've seen or tried lately? Aside from restaurants uh, trying out next bite, um, it's a it's a good question. I, I think one of the most interesting models that has has not been explored uh, the way that it should be is is the uh, sort of like uh, I think Sweetgreen actually announced something earlier this year. It was like the Sweet Pass or Sweetgreen card or for, I forget what it is, but it's like some sort of membership program where 
you you get these perks and get you know it's not wildly different from a, a loyalty card but it, it is uh you know like a pass that gives you perks and certain percentage off on every order trying to create that repeatable business built into the business model which I feel like is a completely um, underutilized opportunity in the restaurant environment today. There's not a lot of restaurants that are thinking about loyalty. Recurring revenue, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I think there's there's a lot of room for for building that into the model in, in different ways. And of course, Sweetgreen is uh, always on the cutting edge uh, with whatever they're doing. So it's, it's cool to see them getting into that. Love that. And who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? Ooh, um, there's a there's a lot of great people in our space. Um, it's such a good industry right now. Um, I think um, if you haven't, uh, I'm sure you have, but <laughs> if you're listening to this and you haven't um, got a copy of uh, Carl and Meredith's book, um, that's that's a really really great understanding of what's going on in the restaurant environment today, especially in the digital world of, of restaurants there's just so many great interviews and great pieces of, of content and information that have been done uh, for and that, that is, book coming out yeah, of that book so that's delivering the digital restaurant and we'll uh, we'll make a link to that in the in the show notes because we had them on the podcast and it was a it was a great episode yeah i i think those those guys really nailed it um, so, so speaking of some uh, celebrities alex i know that you you know in, in from where you're at um, especially with Next Bite, you get a chance to meet some different celebrities. I remember last time we chatted, you like just hopped off the phone with a famous rapper. And m- my question to you is, have you ever had like a fanboy experience meeting any of these celebrities? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, um, it's hard, it's hard for me to have a, a fanboy experience. I grew up in LA where there's you know a lot of interactions <laughs> with celebrities and of course, growing up in the Cantor's Deli environment, we, we've hosted everyone from Obama to you know, lots of musicians, just crazy, amazing people that I've, I've gotten to you know, get a chance to meet over the years. So I, I, I don't get um, too fanboy in these environments, but uh, it was pretty cool to meet David Chang last year. Oh, nice. Of, uh, of what he's doing for the industry, his restaurants. And um, he, he, he had me uh, on his Hulu show, I think it was called the next thing you eat um, or something like that. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty exciting to, to actually get some uh, conversation with him and get to talk to him. That's pretty cool. I know it's, it's kind of funny when I, I more get like fanboy experiences when I meet the founders of, of restaurants that I really love. <laughs> There's a great place in Puerto Rico called Pina Loco. And I was in New York last week and I literally was walking by and the guy's badge said Pina Loco. And I was like, Hey, are you from Puerto Rico? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love Pina Loco. Anyway, so yeah, I, no, I, I'm with you. I, I get, uh, I get, uh, you know, geeked out in front of uh, chefs that that are, you know pushing the ball forward. And I was in New York a couple months ago. I got to meet Daniel Hum at Eleven Madison Park. That was oh, like super celebrity cool. sighting for me. So that was- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Alex, how do people find uh, find you or follow your brand? Yeah, so you can uh, you can find us at nextbite.io. Um, that is our website. Also, we've we've got all the social media channels. If you just Google it, I'm sure you can find all of it. So awesome! Well, for being so willing to channel your family's 85 plus years of restaurant experience, and for gracing us with your hair's presence, today's ovation goes to you, Alex. Thank you for joining us and giving ovation, man. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for thanks for having me. All right. Awesome. Dude, Alex, that was sweet, man. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.